Hey guys, Kira here. I just wanted to quickly pop in at the beginning of this episode to let you know that after recording this week's episode, we discovered that our phones actually affect the frequency of our mics. So at some points throughout the episode, there is some serious static. Uh, We appreciate you so much for listening to this episode, but we wanted to warn you at the beginning so that you can protect your ears. All right, now that we know this, hopefully this is no longer a problem. But we hope you enjoy this episode anyway. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, welcome to Her Take. My name is Jackie. I'm Jen. And I'm Kira. A while back, we had an idea to start a podcast, so we thought, why not? We came together to create a space where we could openly share, learn, and grow with each other as we navigate life after college and in the realm of adulthood. Every week, we'll be sitting down to check in with each other and reflect on what's been on our minds. Any topic, big or small, meaningful or not so much, we'll be sharing our take. Thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with here. To be with here? <laughs> to be here with us today. Um, we are back again, our second week in a row. So I'm super proud of us because we're being so consistent. And we're still kind of <laughs> working out all the technical difficulties, trying to figure oh out God, how. Yeah. yeah, get approved. Can someone I tell me what an RSS I didn't feed know is? Because I still don't know what it is. Yeah, I know. Who knew that it was, took so much energy and effort? I thought, just like, pop it on the iTunes and you're done. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, plus we're busy with our 9 to 5s, so. But we'll get there, slowly yet surely. Uh, patience. But we're starting and we're going, so who cares? Um, but today we're, go- we're so excited. I'm excited to hear from you guys, uh, Jackie and Jen. Uh, to be talking about confidence and what we're currently implementing or seeking to implement into our daily lives to foster more confidence, specifically as young female professionals in, we're each in different work environments. Uh, I was honestly a bit traumatized listening back to myself comment on last week's episode about how I feel bad that they pay me to be a bad employee and I can get into all the layers behind that comment later in the episode and where that was all coming from. But I think hearing myself say that when I listened back to the podcast, I was like, oh my God, this is horrendous and not okay. I need to change my negative self-talk ASAP. So already something I've been working on um, outside of work, but I'm excited to see where you guys are at and also to have this continued conversation because I do think this is... um, a journey we're just getting started on um, and something that we need to keep updating each other on our progress and sharing new lessons that we're discovering. So 
We'll be getting into all of that good stuff later in the episode, but first, my ladies, it's time to check in with each other after a busy week. Jackie, what are you drinking today? How are you feeling mentally, emotionally, physically? Give it to me. It has been a good week. I'm drinking both a coffee and a LaCroix. So, well, I just took a major nap. Yeah, well, always a LaCroix. It's a, this is the Cran Raspberry, which I might have had last time. Not sure. Well, no, no, no. Last time I had had the berry. Yeah, I had the berry. And, uh, interesting combo. Yeah, well, I've been drinking, I've been sipping on the LaCroix for a while, and I took a major nap, and now I'm more tired than I was before. So that's what the coffee's mm-hmm. for. That um, is why I feel that. Bad. Yeah. But I just, I, not even on vacation I napped the way I napped today. I slept for almost, for over an hour and a half, which is just wild. Um, <gasps> Jackie, you're yeah. only supposed to nap for I like know. 20 minutes. I know. I was deep in REM when I woke up, which I feel awful, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. Not until 2 a.m. It's fine. Um, but yeah, it's been a good week. I feel like it's been a productive week. I'm getting more aggressive with my GRE review. Um, so I feel like just yes. getting that done, I feel like I'm being more productive and making more use of my time. Um, so it's good to, mm-hmm. to have that sort of, to feel like I'm getting something done. Um, when are you planning yeah. generally to take the GRE? In November. So oh. I had been studying. So it's coming not, up slowly. Yeah, it's like coming up slowly, but it'll be here before I know it. Because it's currently about 73 degrees in New York, which basically means it's almost fall. Okay. So I... Th- it's okay, it's 55 in San Francisco. <laughs> wow, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, it's also oh, just yeah. been yeah. so hot it's, here it has that, like, finally so, it so isn't. Crisp. The fact that it is 73, it feels like it's fall, basically. So, you know, yeah. it's almost it's almost October. It's almost Halloween. It's almost time for the GRE. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, go, it's girl. literally like September. Yeah. So, a lot been going on, um, but everything is good. Look at you balancing so many things. Work, I know. It's GRE. all about the work-life balance and school and, I'm Potty. you know, getting educated. Exactly. Sorry about the train noise, everyone. <laughs> Maybe you oh, can hear fine. that. I'm not sure. <laughs> That'll be it's a fine. constant they can thing. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Only my mom is listening to this. She can deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So should I Great. Uh, jump into my hot take topics or should do we want to check in with Jen? That would be great. You know what? Let's do it that way. Tell me what you've been obsessed with this week. So, well, so want to start off with like a more serious topic because I was reading the New York Times and, you know, as per usual, anytime uh, Donald Trump is in the news, I just get aggravated. Um, and, you know, I do believe to a certain extent <laughs> that this is just like his, I know, sorry, everyone. <laughs> I do believe to a certain extent this is just like the, like, bullshit that he spouts to, you know, energize his base, but talks about... So, I mean, it's he sort of has reiterated his uh, that he'd like to end birthright citizenship, um, which Mm -hmm. like would mean that if unless you're a citizen of this country, like any children born in the United States, like would not receive cititizenship automatically, which would violate the Constitution. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it would violate the Fourth Amendment. So like he couldn't do it because like thankfully, like 
somebody would sue him, it would get rejected in the courts, like it's it's unconstitutional. But just like the the fact that this is just something that he can, continues to spew is just it's mm-hmm. like aggravating and frustrating to listen to. And, you know, just generally like the and you know, the only reason he's saying it is because like now well like, you know, he you know, he's trying to energize the base and get people mad and, you know, make people you know, get even more angry with immigrants. Um, and, you know, the only reason he is bothered by it is because it benefits the children of people who are brown. Like, that's just what I believe. You know, they, in in the article, and this is, like, something that's well known, there's, like, a, there's a difference between, like, there's something called birth tourism and then versus what he calls, and I think this is a term used a lot, but anchor babies. So like anchor babies would be like the children of undocumented immigrants who are born in the US and have citizenship. And then when they're 18, so it's not like you even like you have to wait 18 years. And then like when they're 18, they could request for their parents to like get a visa and like or like to receive like their residency. But then that itself is like a 15 year process, like with the current rate that it takes. And then there's also something Mm -hmm. called birth tourism, which is like when wealthy i mean not just europeans but like i think to a large part like when wealthy europeans that have visas come to the u.s to give birth and then go back to their home countries um mm-hmm. but like no one cares about that because like wealthy europeans they're come white. all the time and yeah because they're white and it just like really bothers me <laughs> just like so aggravating and you know i don't judge people that that do that like because you know if I if it weren't for birthright citizenship, I would not be a U.S. citizen. So I can't judge people like one way or the other for coming to like have their kids. So it just is something that happens. It exists. I'm not judging her, but there's a famous blogger who I don't know if you guys know. Her name is Chiara Ferragni. She's an Italian blogger, owns like a fashion line, like businesswoman. She's featured in Forbes, she was, like, very open about the fact on her Instagram that she was like, I'm going to L.A. to have my baby so that he'll get U.S. citizenship and he'll also have Italian citizenship. And, like, no one said anything about oh, it. Oh, you're talking like, about the blonde salad. Yeah. the Oh, yeah. Sorry. The blonde salad is her blog. But yes. her name is Kiara. Yes. I and thought she that was that very was open about too. that. I was like, yeah. and I read her Instagram comments. I looked for it on the news and I was like, no one cares. But it's because no one cares she's because like a wealthy white woman and no one cares when yeah. she has her, when she goes to the U.S. She she said, I'm going to the U.S. to give birth so that my kid is a U.S. citizen. Which like, I thought not it was scandalous. Her. I was a little like, I, yeah, I was, I thought it was scandalous. I like, honestly, like I'm in no position to judge. So like, just I'll like leave that where it is. But no one, yeah. like, no one was, no one cared. Uh, I think right, the I thought issue it was is not necessarily that she was doing it, but that she was so open and upfront that I was like, yeah, whoa, how are people going to react to I'd have to find to the Instagram post, but it, she really said almost verba- verbatim, I'm quoting her, that I'm going no, to I the know. U.S. No, I know. You are. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at least she was open about it, but no one cares. No one cared when she did it, and her son is like a beautiful blonde child so it's like fine yeah no one cares. and to reiterate they're rich um yeah there was her husband's an italian an episode, rapper like a whole thing yeah super yeah rich. i think if um, the argument was truly that people are coming here and trying to take advantage of you know all the benefits that being an american citizen has to offer 
That I think would be an argument that at least I could understand. But also the whole point of America is for people to come over here and give opportunities not just for themselves, but for their children. I mean, that's what my grandparents did. They came here, Mm -hmm. had my mother, who is born on American soil, immediately became an American citizen. My grandparents had to work to become citizens of this country. That's why they came here. So I think the issue here that Trump is trying to make is, again, as Jackie has said, it's it's a racist. He's just a racist. It's racist. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I the- mean, nobody was here first unless you're Native American. This is not your land. So all of this going on saying we have to take back our country and protect our land is flat out racism because we all all us white people came over on some boat at some point and that's why we're here so the argument doesn't exist it doesn't make sense it's not american to not support i mean we need some level of immigration policy and i don't know the correct answer i'm not going to give it but this is not the answer this is flat out racist and that's the problem with trump is not even so much what he's done because he can't get much done it's the message he portrays and the uh what he stands for the people who uh he is giving voice to yeah i'm also just so sick of his rhetoric of blaming everything on the mexicans and saying that it's illegal mexican immigrants coming over and stealing things from americans and that's why you've all suffered why the middle class has suffered and that's not true and honestly Mm -hmm. i've read so much about this but it parallels so much to what hitler and the nazi regime did back like Mm -hmm. over what was it 80 years ago or so not even it's ridiculous that people don't see that yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous that people don't see that parallel. How Hitler blamed the Jews right? for all the problems in Germany. People see what when they it was not see. their fault. So, yeah. and it's horrible. Yeah, people have called me out for comparing Trump to Hitler, and I'm like, I don't think I'm wrong. Like, no. <laughs> I, I mean, he's putting them in what he's camps. doing is very similar. As you know, right um, now, there's actually nobody. Really good. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I'm kind of going off a little bit but there was an episode of the daily this week um i think it was earlier in the week on monday and it was called bankrolling the anti-immigration movement and it was they investigated cordelia scaife may who was an heiress to the um i believe Mellon family so she was crazy this was in like i i don't know when she was born 1920s or something um and she was crazy rich um but she was very into the environment and protecting the environment and she saw overpopulation as one of the biggest threats to the environment which yes i do agree but her whole thing like she was helping with Planned Parenthood when Planned Parenthood was first starting, donating a lot of money there because she was very big on birth control and women choosing to have a family and whatever family size they want. So all of this, yes, yes, yes. But then it kind of turned a little racist because her whole thing was 
uh, anti-immigration because we have too many people in the world and it's ruining the environment. What doesn't make sense about that is it doesn't matter if they're in this country or another country, they're still on the planet. So your whole overpopulation, anti-immigration doesn't really intertwine. But my point was that was just a very interesting uh, podcast this week, kind of related to what you're saying um, about Trump. Just kind of how this movement, well, not how it started, but just some history on where it came from. Yeah. In my opinion, it just keeps increasingly escalating. You know, now they're putting people in these camps. And I've taken a psychology of evil class and it talks about what are the steps towards a genocide and we're not that far mm. away from it and it really scares me but That's I upsetting. do have a lot of hope that there are so many people in this country that dissent him and so many people in our government that disagree with him that I really hope that it will never get to that level I mean right now we're already not in a good situation but I think there has been a lot of pushback to get the people that are in I'm calling them camps because that's honestly what they are in these detention centers, camps, whatever you want to call them, at least Mm -hmm. access to basic things like toothbrushes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just honestly, it makes me so upset. All of us, but could probably do a whole episode on this. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, we kind of have to move on because otherwise we'd be talking about it for hours. I'm sure we did. Um, Mm -hmm. Basically, Jackie, everyone on a later just, note. <laughs> yeah, before just uh, everyone just look up, uh, you know, U.S. intervention in Latin America in the 20th century, and then you'll maybe have different opinions on everything. Um, but yeah, on a lighter note, I wanted to, I didn't want to get that out of the way, but I was like, let's put that one up front, and then I'll talk about the fact that I have uh, now finished all 15 yep. seasons yep. of Grey's yep. Anatomy. Yep. Um, and yes. the, the 16th season is premiering next month, so there's Woo-hoo. a very short I mean, window in which I've, in which I have to like just sort of rest. But I was like, I need to finish before then. I've been doing this since I think I started last November, so I didn't do it that fast because yeah. I really just totally railroaded through the first six seasons, and I was so overwhelmed that I had to stop. And I, I don't think I watched an episode for a couple, like over two months took a long break and then I it's just sort of no been... even longer probably longer right yeah i just I so. recently told you to keep watching yeah <laughs> God, are are you happy so, that i made you keep watching yeah or because are you like oh, god meredith <sighs> i don't know i just feel like i really... know i mean i don't uh, spoil Jen, jen's never seen Grey's anatomy because, right you've never well yeah. and she no. already doesn't so, care yeah Well, here's the situation is probably two or three years ago, I started binging it over one of the winter breaks we had between college and the other semester. So I started watching it. The other thing is it's just so much to commit to. So once I got back to school, I just didn't commit to it as much. And then I want to say it was like the fifth or sixth season. I don't remember now. I just was like, I don't care anymore. So I stopped watching it and I've never picked it <laughs> yeah. up. I mean, I was very into it when I first started, but it just started to get so ridiculous. And I was like, who are these new people? Why are the people I like leaving? So, uh, yeah, 
I have I'm not. Well, I'm a if psycho you were upset and I then, watched it twice. You'll be upset now. Yeah, that's how I, I feel. I watched it twice since November, so. Dang. As in, I watched all 15 seasons twice. I actually have but, a private practice complaint. Because I, I, just, I started watching. Yeah, no, I just well, feel like now I gotta get back totally into it. To. Yeah, well, you should because it's amazing. But you, on private practice, I started watching because I wanted Amelia's backstory. Which, she doesn't even come on until season three. So, I've been wasting a lot of time not even seeing Amelia. Um, but this is a big complaint, guys. They are repeating extras. I know that this is 10 years too late and nobody cares that I'm complaining about this, but I need everyone to know that they really thought nobody was going to watch Grey's Anatomy and Private Practice because they are using the same extras from Grey's Anatomy on Private Practice who are two totally different people. In, in what it, context? In like, how me. are they using... So, for instance, and again, like I said, I have watched all of Grey's Anatomy twice through since November. So, because I'm insane and I was recovering from ACL surgery, so I had the time. Don't judge me. Um, so, I remember a lot of people. Um, there, If you remember, I don't know if it was season nine or ten, but Owen meets somebody at a gala after him and Christina break up. I forget her yeah. name. Emily? Emma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she's a doctor at, a like, Seattle at She's Mercy doctor West in another hospital. Yeah. She's a multi-level, multi-episode character. He's, like, really into her for a while. Well, she is also on private practice as a mom whose child is, like, oh, come on. kidnapped, basically. Yep. I know. And I was like, this wasn't a minor extra. This was kind of a big extra. Yeah. Also, get a, get ready for this one. This one's really big. April Kepner was on private practice before she was on Grey's Anatomy. Not as April Kepner. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> she was a totally different character. Is she as irritating on private practice as she is on Grey's? She's pregnant. Which is kind of a big oh, deal because we know when she gets on Grey's Anatomy, yeah, she's a virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even... I forgot that... Yeah, whoa. Yeah. I'm now remembering all yep. this. I'm... Wow. I'm just really happy now okay, that Okay, so that's just my know, side note. Confu- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean... I just need to get I can't wait there. for season 16. It's going to be so great. I'm also just really happy now that we know Boki's name, the Scrub Nurse the little Asian scrub nurse who's been on since season one that just, like, gives the best, like, eye action, like, just has the best reactions to everything. And now she has had about three lines. So really happy about that. She's literally in the first episode. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's kind of funny. I should follow her on Instagram. Oh, I should follow her on Instagram. She doesn't post much, but yeah, (laughs) I do follow. Yeah. All right, let's so, yeah. uh, keep it going. <laughs> yeah, just, and I just want to I can't wait the... for Jackie and I. We're going to have, um, instead of Gilmore Guys, it's going to be us. I think we should do this after Grey's Anatomy is yeah. officially over. Well, that's going to be We should go in, like, back and rewatch. 
Yeah, but I think it'd be fun to go back it'd and rewatch fun. every episode oh and have an episode for every episode. Oh my god. I know. It'll take you we'll years call it, or it'll well, take you I three months. It, it depends yet. on how committed you are. Yeah. I, we'll call it what? I mean, I think I mean, I think there's so many episodes. I was going to say the name, but I'll hold back cuz it might be a while until we uh do this thing. Um, I mean, I think oh, there's so many episodes. I wonder. I feel I feel like you could even just have so many episodes on just like the craziest episodes or like all the season finales things like that so we'll have to right i mean let's just we could also just do every episode whatever um yeah and break down like why it's so good (laughs) yeah sometimes i'm just like why do i like this show so much (laughs) i know i don't know i'm not a doctor but i have seen all of Grey's anatomy i can diagnose impressions Um, yeah Push yeah, one of Epi. 100 cc's of, of eyes of pan. I don't know. Um, Amazing. Crash cart. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me just wrap up my hot Scalpel. takes. I just want to point out that uh, Trader Joe's has dark chocolate almond butter cups, which are actually life-changing. Unfortunately, they're not vegan because they have milk powder in them for whatever reason, even though it's dark chocolate. Uh. Which That's is, like, kind bad. of disappointing, but they're so good. Like, I don't love peanut butter. Like, I like peanut butter, but I don't love peanut butter what? cups with these. I, like, it's fine. Like, I'm not, I I don't, you know, lose my mind for peanut butter. Like, it's fine. Like, I, you know, but if there's peanut butter and oh, almond butter, I'm going to It stresses me out that always. people don't love peanut butter as much as I, I do. Like, I like it, but I don't love it. But, so these almond butter cups, oh my God, they're so good. They're from Trader Joe's. Everyone needs to try them. I'm sorry you can't try them, Kira. Maybe I'll write to Trader Joe's and maybe they can make them vegan. Um, I feel like, yeah. That's easy. That. It just has milk powder. Like, I don't know I'm why. I'm sure that's unnecessary. You could easily take out the milk powder. You don't need it. Yeah, I've actually anyway. had, they have um, dark chocolate sunflower butter cups mm. that I've tried. Um, but I don't like sunflower butter as much as peanut butter. So, mm. yeah. But everyone those are so good everyone needs to try them but yeah thank so you those so are my uh, obsessions of the week amazing jen what's up with you this week um not much i've been going through the rest of onboarding for my new job so it was honestly Ooh. pretty rough they had uh, every what? marketing I'm team sorry. come in and present for about two hours and we, you know, we were in the same room all day. Yikes. It was a lot. So it was a little rough. And I think I was still adjusting to getting up early and commuting. Um, I don't know yeah. why I didn't really adjust the week before. But by Tuesday, I had to have four cups of coffee. But my first real day starts um, on Monday. So <laughs> that's really exciting. Yeah. And I'll have real work. So... I'm excited for that, and that's pretty much all that's been up with me. I also took a nap today for about an hour and a half. <laughs> I'm just so sleepy. Don't know why, but no, that's I pretty much that. it. And I guess this kind of goes into my hot take, but all weekend I've been listening to Taylor Swift's new album. So all I have right, a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of thoughts. Okay, so for our listeners, I just want to preface it that the three of us have been Taylor Swift fans since the beginning of time, since 
first Taylor Swift album. Fearless. Time didn't exist before Taylor Swift. Yeah, middle school. So we have a lot of thoughts on Taylor Swift, and a brief synopsis is old Taylor is the best Taylor, and yeah. I don't think any of us really enjoyed Reputation. I didn't enjoy it, at least. I did not, but, um, no. You know, she released um, Me and You Need to Calm Down. Wasn't really too thrilled about either. I kind of lost hope. But then she released The Archer and Lover, and I regained hope for this album. And let me tell you guys, it is great. I honestly love almost every song on the album. Obviously, there are maybe three or four that I'm not too crazy about, but it I love the actual music and the lyrics are back. She's being vulnerable. There's a song on there that makes me cry and I'm just so happy because I'm like, yes, old Taylor is back. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have I, listened. I I, I have point in out your that I honor <laughs> because <laughs> I have because I knew that you would want to talk about it. So I did listen. Um, my views on Taylor Swift are a bit complicated. I, she's kind of the definition of your fave is problematic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, reputation was not good, lyrically disappointing, uh, and that's part of why I liked Taylor when we were younger. Is her lyrics were so I don't even know the right word, just so interesting and thoughtful. Um, and then reputation when I I remember when I first heard look what what you made me do or whatever that song is called. And I was literally like, this has to be a joke. This can't be real. So yeah, I did not enjoy Reputation at all. And then me, I thought, was wildly immature. And then uh, You Need to Calm Down, I thought was low-key offensive. So I have really lost hope. But you were right. The album is very good besides me and you need to calm down every other song on that album is kind of incredible and it's definitely jack antonoff's album but i still love it and i do agree it's very old taylor vibes um lyrically much better i'm i'm happy that she's doing well she can be again a little problematic sometimes i have some issues with her I need like a lot of time to break down all my thoughts because it's like I want to support her because I think she's a badass lady and I think a lot of the times things people say to, about her are sexist flat out very sexist and offensive but other times I'm like why are you picking fights with Nicki Minaj and stuff like sometimes she just really F's up but I don't want to have no tolerance for her effing up I don't know it's complicated but I agree. Yeah. Fan of the album. Yeah, I completely agree with everything you just said. I mean, with her kind of picking fights, it was really hard for me to support her in the Reputation era because I found the album so whiny and I was yeah. like, get over it. Like, I don't even think Kim and Kanye give two shits about you, to be quite honest. And I get that yeah. it, she obviously went through a really emotional time and... I think she was probably depressed because this perfect image that she had created for herself completely collapsed in the matter of two seconds. So I get that, but I just was so not a fan of the album. And this album, 
I wasn't really that hopeful initially, but once I heard The Archer and Lover, I became so much more hopeful. I'd been seeing on the internet that people were calling it the baby between Fearless and 1989. I think that's such a good way to put it because the lyrics are there and it has 1989 sounds, but I think the actual lyrics are so much better. I honestly think it's one of her best albums. Yeah. Makes me happy. I really like it. I'm very impressed. And Jackie, she has a song with the Dixie Chicks. (gasps) Oh, that song makes me cry. It's about her mom. It's about her mom being sick, and I literally was crying at work because I was like, I can't can't deal with this. You would like that. Fair warning to all. Yeah, once I'm, you know what it is, is I uh, honestly, I only listen to music when I'm commuting, and since it was the weekend, haven't gotten a chance to, I just don't normally sit down to listen to music, um, but I will get yeah, no, to listen to and I love the Dixie Chicks, and I love Taylor, I, you know, also problematic, but I frequently listen to Fearless, to her first album, like, Ugh. often. Haunted is, I think, still one of her best songs. I'll just... Oh, my God. I forget how much you love Haunted, and I love how much you love Haunted. The acoustic version of Haunted is Ugh, phenomenal. Yes! Um, so, I I mean, I, I want this album to be good. I want Taylor Swift to be good. No, it's um, good. So it's I good. Will I listen. think you will like it. I, I Fill hope so. Fill us in I next week on your thoughts. Yeah. I think you'll yeah. like it. I feel Great. like this album I mean, is her... And that makes me happy. But yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say. I encourage all of our listeners to listen to Taylor Swift's new album, Lover. I love um, it. Yeah. I guess on a more serious note, another hot take that I had was um, I found this article and it was talking about a new policy that Google had implemented. And mm-hmm. in a nutshell, it was discouraging employees from debating with each other primarily about politics at work because it's actually interfering with them working i get Mm -hmm. this point i understand where google's coming from with this but then it almost made me question then where are good places for people to debate and Mm -hmm. i wanted to kind of open it up to you guys because i think the three of us are pretty comfortable talking about politics and i think some of it has to do with the fact that we're aligned in our views but i have a lot of hard times trying to talk about it with other people um last year my roommate and i didn't share the same political views so i think it was difficult for me because i often felt like i was walking on eggshells because i didn't want to offend her or trigger her in any way and by the same point, I think it's also important to talk to people that have opposite viewpoints as you so you can get a better understanding of their perspective. So I just don't know. Like, where is the best place to talk about these kinds of things? Yeah, I'm looking at this article that you just shared now. This is not, I did not know about this beforehand. Um, I think it's interesting that a company would write it into their policy. I just kind of thought it was like a common courtesy to maybe not get into an intense political debate in a work environment. So Mm -hmm. to me, what that means is I'm not going to like not have my political views around my coworkers, uh, but I don't necessarily need to outright flaunt 
it in their faces because that's just not necessarily what they're at work for. But if someone's going to have a conversation, if someone says something that I find offensive, I will, I can call them out in a respectful manner. If they're not open to having a respectful conversation, then I do think like you're at work. Okay, let's shut it down. If we're at happy hour after work, I mean, it's fair game go all out whatever um I think the same thing applies though like with your coworker, you don't want any bad blood so maybe because you have to see each other every day maybe make sure that you're being conducting the conversation in a manner that's as productive as possible and if that person isn't willing to be productive with you maybe they're not the best person to have the conversation with um but yeah I do, I do think it's interesting to write it into their policy that they can't have quote, disruptive conversations on politics. I mean, it's just something that is so part of our lives now. And I am really offended when people are like, oh, I don't like politics. I don't like to get involved. Because I'm like, nobody likes politics. Nobody wants to be involved. You just have the privilege of not being involved. So it really is truly part of all our lives. So I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure people have been like, how's your weekend? And in the past, I've been like, oh, you know, I'm just really not feeling great because of the shootings or whatever. <laughs> like, I've definitely been like, because I am emotionally affected by some of the things in the news that if people are asking me how I'm doing, that might come up for me, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that that's uh, disrespectful of my coworkers for me to be like, you know, I'm just, I'm feeling a little heavy this week because the news and everything is getting to me. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily think that work is the best place to have the, your political rants, but I do think you can't like stop people from talking about it. Right. I think the other thing that ran through my mind was it clearly was, I guess, interfering with their work to the point where they had to put it in their policies, if that makes sense. Right, so that is interesting. Like, what's going on at Google, you know? <laughs> I, are people just spending so much... Yeah, like, are people just spending so much time debating that they're not doing what they're supposed to be working on? That's the only thing I could think of because it's right. in their policies. Unless they're just being annoying, which is also possible, and they're being restrictive I mean I agree I don't think people should have these full-blown debates at work about politics right but if it comes up I don't think it's necessarily the company's job to restrict people from having those conversations if that agree. makes sense no yeah I 100 agree I'm not going yeah. around and being like fuck Trump all day sorry I just cursed on the pod i assume i think i did earlier so i mean i think we're all grown-ups here, oh, okay so yeah it's fine <laughs> um i'm not necessarily going around we'll fix like it in saying post, that which is cute <laughs> yeah although maybe i shouldn't have um said it on the pod because now he's gonna come for me whatever i don't care he doesn't care uh i'm pretty sure he listens to my conversations on my phone anyway so i don't yeah. really care um yeah you don't necessarily need to go around like ranting and raging but i think if it comes up you can have we're all adults now we can have grown-up uh exchanges of ideas and opinions completely agreed yeah but 
in conclusion, <laughs> those were my hot takes for the week. And I guess Thank we'll move on to sharing. Kira for your hot takes. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of things have been on my mind this week. One of the big things that I wanted to catch you guys up on, well, I did Snapchat you guys this, but on Monday, I was, you know, it was Monday. I was kind of sleepy and didn't want to get out of bed. And I just grabbed my headphones and ran out the door. And then when I got to the bus, I realized that the cats ate through my headphone wires. Um, which, okay, there's a story where I'm going with this, everybody. So just, like, stay with me. I have a lesson, a nice little reminder for everybody. But I was initially, I mean, it's Monday morning. I'm upset. I was getting a little emotional on the bus, kind of crying. Like, they were a Christmas gift from my parents, so I was a little bummed out and I was like oh my gosh I have to be at work all day can't listen to my pods can't listen to music I have to just sit in silence this is going to be horrible and I have to buy new headphones I hate feeling like I'm wasting things and you know those headphones were perfectly good I shouldn't need to throw them out but my message for everybody is deep breath Pull yourself out of that headspace because when you put it into perspective, I am so lucky I can afford to get new headphones. I It's probably good for me to sit in silence for a bit. I don't need to constantly be plugged in um, in relation to my digital detox from last week as well. So it's good to sit in silence and just remember what I'm grateful for. And I think around this time last year, I had started implementing into my routine a gratitude practice. And this is kind of something that I've stepped away from. But this me getting, in my opinion, maybe unnecessarily emotional about losing some headphones. But there's other emotions behind that because big life changes recently. So whatever, I think there was a lot leading to those tears. Um, But it reminded me how much my gratitude practice from last year was really helpful and that that is something that I would like to implement into my daily routine again. Basically what it's about is I would just kind of every morning list in my head things I'm grateful for. So I typically start like I'm grateful for my health, I'm grateful for my friends and family and for their health and then from there you can just go on like At that time, I was still in school, so I was like, I'm grateful to get to go to the school that I go to and get the education that I am getting. I am grateful to live where I live and have the apartment that I have, and so on and so forth. And it really helps you kind of put things in perspective, at least I found. Um, So this also got me thinking that I might do a meditation challenge throughout September, so every day try to meditate for at least five minutes at any time during the day. Um, And meditation is very hard if anybody's ever tried. So it's more just the intention of trying to meditate and maybe not actually um, fully achieving it. You know, success is just trying. Um, But I was like, oh, if I put it out there on the pod, maybe I'll really commit to it and actually do it every day for 30 days and really implement this gratitude practice. I think that'll help ground me and make me feel better and more present um, after feeling so kind of like a robot going through the motions after this big move, job start, all that stuff. So I just wanted to share that with everybody to kind of 
you know, whoever you are listening out there, if you're having kind of a rough week feeling down about something, just remember we always have a lot to be grateful for and it's okay to feel down sometimes and be emotional. Let those feelings happen, but also remember all the things you have. So that's kind of my big uh, life, well, it's not really a life update, but whatever. That's my week summed up. Um, That's lovely. uh, Thank you. Another big thing that brought me joy this week was Obama released his summer playlist. And I love Obama's summer playlist. And I will be listening to that all next week. Obama is forever my president, and I love him for recommending, like, Maggie Rogers and Camila Cabello and all that good stuff. Lizzo is on there. He just, like, he is so, ah, I love Obama. He just, like, (laughs) so with the times. What a man. He's just such a cool dad. That made me very happy. He is a cool dad. That made me super happy. Um, I could go on and talk about a lot of things, because I have a lot of things on my mind this week, but... I really want to get into our discussion of the day, which is in regards to, again, confidence, specifically at work, but I think this is something that applies to outside of work as well. Um, I currently am just kind of in a phase of noticing things I do. Uh, So I spent this week deleting sorry from emails that I was writing and just not saying, oh, just wanted to quickly check in with you about and just flat out being more direct and upfront, not apologizing for asking questions, noticing my body language. Um, I'm 5'9", so I'm a little tall. I'm taller than most of my team as well. And I notice that I tend to have my arms crossed. I'm not necessarily standing up straight. I feel a little awkward and uncomfortable. I think I'm taking a very protective and defensive stance because I'm nervous and shy and concerned. Um, So I've been really in the phase of noticing. And when once I notice, then I can adjust, reassess, and change. So I don't have a ton of, here's what you should, okay, this is complicated though, because the other aspect of this is, why are only women having these conversations of, what can I do to adapt to the men in the work environment? I should change my body language to be more like that of a man's. It's also frustrating when I'm sitting there constantly thinking about what I can do differently to adapt, to better communicate with males, not necessarily males, but because it's also females who are higher up that make me nervous, whatever. Um, Why aren't men having the same conversation? Why do they have to take up so much space and can't make room for some women? Um, I don't know. Do you guys have thoughts on the body language aspect or the email, deleting sorry from your emails? Um, at yeah. least for me, I haven't totally noticed a body, body language thing with me yet, but maybe that's something I should be more conscious of. For me, I I don't know if it's necessarily lacking confidence in relation to men. I think it's just lacking confidence in relation to feeling like 
everybody else I work with is so much smarter than I am because a lot of these people have gone to Ivy League schools and not that that necessarily means anything, but I've just noticed that these people are so, so smart and it intimidates me. So when I'm making small talk, I have to be super conscious of what I'm saying to not sound stupid, if that makes sense. So that's something I'm trying to work on is just being more confident and actually just having normal conversations with people and not being afraid to maybe sound stupid because I think the more I'm conscious of it, the more awkward I am. Right, and I think that's related to the whole like, sorry, I just have a question kind of thing because I Mm -hmm. feel similarly that everybody is so smart and I don't know how to word the question to make it appear that I understand what's going on but also just want some sort of clarification and not that I'm totally lost so then you add the sorry to be like oh I want you to know that I know that I don't totally get this so I'm sorry I have another question but whereas no like most people don't even think twice about that when you're asking them a question for the most part like I'm assuming the three of us I know all three of us are very smart we are trying our best working super hard and asking educated questions but there's this level of self-doubt of I don't know enough I don't know how to ask this question so I need to like clarify it with a sorry I don't think I'm wording this well Uh, I know what you're saying. I'm not going to apologize. I get what you mean. (laughs) I think it's just that you're apologizing for your lack of knowledge, but it's not something that you need to apologize for because, like, you know, especially, like, for us, like, we're all starting out in our careers and our fields. So, of course, like, we don't know everything. Like, we don't. We're still learning. But that's not something to apologize for. I think to a certain extent, you know, you should never downplay what you know and the experience that you do have because I think that's something that I think women especially do a lot that we downplay uh you know sort of our abilities and and the fact that we're still like fairly like you know I graduated a year ago and you guys graduated I mean you know a couple months ago so we're still fresh out of college so I think that we're like oh we're, we're so young and we're sort of still sort of like babies in this world but yeah you know not everyone needs to know that <laughs> I think that's something that's important that you know you can be confident in a meeting or just sort of in any environment and you you know not everyone needs to know the, the does that make sense sort of like you know maybe you feel like nervous to be in a meeting and that's okay and maybe you have questions but I think never downplay like what you already know and the experience that you have and even though you're young, you can still feel like you deserve to be in the room. That sort of makes sense. Yes. Um, but that's something I definitely used to do. I used to apologize in emails. And now I just, you, almost, you have to be just assertive and not cold, but you just need to be very direct. And I think that's something that, that's something that you just have to learn over time and to sort of like shake right. that fear. Yeah, I think there's a way where you can be direct and still kind. That's yeah. kind of where I'm trying to get to with like men aren't necessarily having as far as I know I've never heard a male friend of mine express uh, Mm -hmm. feeling a lack of confidence at work the way that my female friends do and I would actually love to speak to a male on this show about this because I do think that 
this is a conversation that they should have as well. Um, there's something that they can learn from women in the same stroke. You know, they, we, uh, also, I don't want to general, generalize about both genders either. So to be clear, this, I understand that this is kind of general female stereotypes, general male stereotypes, but it doesn't go completely to either. Um, but I think that, you know, this stereotype around women is if there is truth to it yeah and at least for me and in my experience my personality is I want to make sure like I'm I'm always like you know smiley faces and exclamation points and whatnot Mm. and I can still express that but be direct Um, Mm -hmm. so I can still be kind and soft and compassionate but without you know being small I think that's the main thing is yeah the body language and the actual language is making me small and I am not physically mentally emotionally small so mm. and it only kind of happens 9 to 5 for me so something yeah. happens when I get to work and I'm suddenly like oh okay you know thank yeah. you <laughs> but that's not me outside of work so yeah. it's really figuring out how I can channel who I am outside of work at work but still feel like I am staying true to myself yeah I I think think also um, you'll go ahead Jackie thanks um no yeah I think just with that I think if you show just your gratitude I think that you don't need to apologize for well you don't need to apologize for things but I think showing people that you're grateful for like any help like just saying thanks so much at the end of an email or in person of course I think that is like being kind and compassionate and just being like I appreciate you helping me with this but you don't need to apologize say sorry to bother you you know want right. to know if but like but so don't never say sorry because you're all at work right and this is all related to work so but just saying like thanks so much I appreciate the help like that's you being confident in yourself and still being kind and understanding to like maybe this person is busy but you do need their help with a project you know I think yeah. that's like a way of just being kind to people but not sort of like selling yourself short and and putting mm-hmm. yourself into a box where now you feel like you always have to apologize. Yeah, so yeah. grateful but not apologetic. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think your confidence will also come as you get more comfortable in your role, in your job, with the people that you mm-hmm. work with. Mm-hmm. That's just something that will come naturally. And it's so difficult right now because we've both just started work. So it's right. hard to feel confident when you don't really even know what's going on and you feel like you're quote unquote bothering people with stupid questions. Yeah. Um, but I think something that has helped me is understanding that at least in my situation, there's a lot of other new hires and we're all kind of in the same boat and everybody has started their first job and started at a new company Everybody else who is mm-hmm. working there has experienced the same thing that I am experiencing now at some point in their life. And something that I've found is that people are more than happy to help. So I think that has given me yes. some confidence to feel like I'm not necessarily bothering them. I need help and they're willing to help, if that makes sense. Right. 
Yeah, it's never that anybody reacts negatively to me asking questions. It's it's always the buildup to asking questions for me mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh no, I feel like I should know this already. Um, but no, you're right. Everybody has been in this position before. Everybody has had these awkward encounters, had to learn. So there's nothing to be apologetic about. And then I was also just thinking about where did this even come from? Because it's totally not how I was raised, in my opinion. Like, my parents are, my mom is a badass lady boss, and my dad is such a feminist that they did not raise me to be quiet and lack confidence. So, even outside of work, like, there was a confidence shift in me from childhood to, like, young preteen that did not come from my parents. So that's also just been something on my mind this week as I'm noticing things I do at work that I think exhibit a lack of confidence. Um, Just like, hmm, I wonder where I picked up these tendencies. Like, is it truly just innate or is it truly learned from society? Because it's not my parents. Maybe it's innate. I guess it's society. I don't know if it's the environment I'm in in STEM. As a female in STEM, I don't know. I haven't quite figured it all out. I think it's society, but I'm like, what was I watching that changed this? Was it our high school? People there that changed it? I don't necessarily think so. I don't know. I mean... I think it's, I mean, I think it, it, you know, I think to a certain extent it is society because I think we had, I mean, we grew up in the same town, but I think our upbringings were, I think, different. I grew up in a household where my mother, you know, she is the head and, but I, you know, we're from a culture that is like very like male dominated and mm-hmm. it's not how it is at home. <laughs> my mom is, you know, she, she, she rules. Um, but, you know, I think I sort of, you know, I don't believe in like those gender stereotypes and like those gender, that those gender roles are, have to be so defined, but I come from a culture that, you know, women predominantly, not predominantly, but like more women stay at home than men and women are in charge of childcare Mm -hmm. and women have to clean and women have to cook and the men don't really do that. And so I come from that kind of world and it's not the household that I grew up in but it's from that world so you know that's not how I view things and that's not how I was raised Mm -hmm. to view things but I think it doesn't you know sort of like you know I think that the external factors in our society as a whole are greater than anything that our upbringing can um you know that are yeah so the external factors that you know, society is sort of like forcing on us, you know, I think those are greater than maybe how we're raised. Isn't that because crazy I, I though? I think it really is because it, it's... I'm like, how like, did society get me that good? Uh-uh. At being so polite, not polite, but like so just like, I always need to please. You always have to please. And I think that's how, yes. I mean, again, not to generalize and stereotype, but I think women like have this innate need to please and to like always like, not that like we shouldn't want to do our best, but like if we fail or we do something wrong, like, that is just, like, so detrimental, and it's, you know, it's, I don't know, I mean, so I, that's why I do think it is societal, because I think that, 
no matter, I think there's so many different upbringings that people experience, but I think for, Mm -hmm. you know, to a large extent, I think a lot of women are like this because I don't, I mean, again, I don't want to start, but like, I think men are like, right. We are truly speaking from our own experience as females, but also I have enough female friends to know that a lot of people share this experience. Yeah. Well, cause Mm -hmm. I don't, cause I think just in general is men, men are not sort of brought up by anyone or anything to to feel sort of timid in the workplace I had um just as a Mm -hmm. short like anecdote I had a he doesn't work for the company that I work for anymore um and he came in for a week to do training and we shared an office and um you know I sit it's a you know it's a desk with it's sort of that T-shaped desk where one person sits on one side and the other person sits on the other. And I was sitting with my back facing the wall. So I'm looking at the door and my door is glass. And when I would get up to go for a meeting or I'd maybe have to go to my boss's office for a conference call. And if I would take my notebook and maybe I'd be gone for more than 20 minutes, he would sit in my seat so that he wasn't facing, so that his back wasn't facing the door. And I would... Why? Oh my God. I... I don't like I I really I guess he didn't like having his back to the door but I mean that seat is more like the power seat because like you look at the door and no one can see what's on your laptop or anything and it's more private Mm. and I guess it's I mean it is the preferred seat but I've been working there for a while and that's where I sit and And it's it's not his seat, seat and it's my desk and I have all my stuff and I have my mug and I have all my things and he would just move there my goodness and I mean, it would, I mean, when I'd come back, he would move back to his seat, but I'd have to be like, Hel- person, hi, I'm back. <laughs> I don't, it would just, that and is, I don't, I don't. I'm like it, flabbergasted. It really bothered me. And I, I told my boss about it. This guy did not last long at the company. I'm not going to like, you know, give any details, but like I told my boss after I was like this right. kid, like honestly for the best that he's gone. And I told him like what, what happened and he was like, oh my God, like that's ridiculous. Um, See, the, so this I, is where I'm like, we're, men we're, could we're take honestly, a note from women. Yeah. Where women would never do that. I, if There is exactly. no chance. I truly believe, like, there is no chance a woman would have ever done that. There is absolutely no chance. But this is a no. guy. I'm sure there's some who, woman out there that might have. I mean, still, maybe. But the I point just is, think that. <laughs> men are just sometimes so obnoxious. Like, yeah, it was. I'm not trying to really call out all men, but like. Not to call out all men. Take a note from like, women here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. As so we're going just... around being like, okay, what can you do to implement more confidence into your day-to-day life? I'm going to start going around and asking men, what are you guys going to do to be less obnoxious at work? Yeah. You know? So, be assertive What daily work, habits are everyone? you doing? Yeah. Be assertive, but not obnoxious. Okay? Yeah. Dang. Very... I'm, I'm like, like appalled. I'm not over that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like... It was pretty aggravating. <laughs> Yeah. Every time, wow. That's if just I so. Was, yeah, it was. It was pretty irritating. I don't even. Oh, and God, Jackie, this is not necessarily something that you have to discuss. But I'm curious if you find an extra layer to all of this being Latina. If you don't want to discuss this, we can cut this out, and you don't have to. But I'm just curious. Yeah, um, because I, I mean, can only speak as a white woman. Yeah, I mean, I think too. I mean, as far as I can tell, I haven't really experienced like 
I mean, I don't think that I've experienced, like, added difficulty to, like, my, to sort of, like, needing to, like, assert myself or, like, feeling like I need to, like, I don't think for the most part that, like, my ethnicity has impacted my work environment. Like, happy to say that, like, that Mm -hmm. hasn't happened. I mean, I don't know, like, you know, I think the people that I work with, I mean, my boss is white, but he's, like, pretty, like, woke. Like, so, you know, we're good on that front. (laughs) It's New York, Um, too, to clarify. It's New York, yeah. So it's New York. Like, I don't work, you know, you know, we're not, you know, in a different state that might not be as you know, liberal as New York. So I, I mean, I don't think that it's been impacted. I mean, I don't know what people think of me, but I think that for the most part, it hasn't really been an issue. I think... Yeah. Uh, I, think I think it depends on the too. industry as well. Yeah, it does. I mean, but I'm in cybersecurity. I mean, I do marketing, but like the industry I'm in is cybersecurity, which is like male-dominated to a large yeah. extent. Um, so, I mean, I think more being a woman is probably a bigger obstacle, I think, than being yeah. Latina, because there, like, are very few women to begin with. Um, mm, interesting. interesting. In terms of, like, women that are... You're all the barriers, honey. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what can I say? Mm. Big so fan, I, my I, girl. I, yeah. I mean, I think that's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know that it's been an issue... I don't think so. I mean, I'm fortunate to say that I haven't really experienced that at all. So, yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure it happens to people, but that's just not what I've experienced. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I just know for me in my, in the engineering world, in my school and in any of the companies that I've worked at, it has been pretty much all white like not a lot of color and getting more women into engineering is huge at the moment like there's a lot of focus on that so I've just increasingly been interested in why are we also not putting focus on why are no people of color entering this industry and it's not that none are it's just that there's not a lot entering this industry so I was just wondering if you um I can't speak to that and I'm not you're not the token Latina speaking for all Latinas so it's fine but um just something on my mind that yeah I want to continue to learn about is women of color in STEM and other industries I mean I think you know this is something I've actually been doing a lot of thinking about I think that it requires companies and institutions and I think universities try this but I think it's up to companies and businesses you know whether it's engineering or cybersecurity or any other sort of STEM field um, you know I think it's up to them to sort of I mean you sort of have to to force that diversity to happen you have to you know develop programs where you actively recruit people because I think you know if there are not a lot of people of color you know at a you know, in a field or at a certain company, people aren't necessarily going to seek out those opportunities. I think that there's, you know, from, you know, from intimidation or just sort of being nervous um, and not seeing, uh, you know, a role model that looks like them. I think that that's sort of yeah. where, so you, I mean, I think part of the answer is you need people of color to bring in more people of color. But then how do you get mm-hmm. that initial group to then sort of 
kind of break down those barriers and then sort of get more people in in that field in that industry so i think that it involves it takes the companies and you know universities to actively develop programs where they recruit people of color because i think if you don't have that then it's it's hard to you have to get the ball rolling somehow and i think that's how, that's how you have to start it's not the answer but it's a start Right. And I think it starts even younger. Like, what What about yeah. elementary schools and middle schools? Mm, yeah, why, yeah. Why are we not encouraging young uh, women and, and men of color to, but I think, I assume, I don't know for sure, at least in my classes, I can only speak to the civil engineering industry, um, but we didn't have that many men of color either. So why aren't they entering this mm-hmm. industry? And a lot of that goes back to where they grew up and the opportunities they had and all that stuff. But I think it starts young as well. Well, we've kind of diverted a little bit from specifically confidence, but I thought that this was an interesting conversation just to at least get um, the thoughts going on how to implement more confidence in the workplace. And I know what I'm taking away from this conversation is I am going to work on this next week not making myself small physically and in my voice uh, but I can still be grateful uh, for all the help that I'm getting without apologizing are you guys taking anything away in particular from this conversation that you hope to carry with you throughout this week I'm going to actively recruit people of color somehow (laughs) into cybersecurity. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Me too. Actually, great idea. I'm going to tell them that our women at the name of my company (laughs) um, should start looking into how we can encourage younger women of color to Mm -hmm. enter this industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's start a program. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's start a scholarship fund. uh, Okay. All of the money that we have. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but no, seriously, that and then just, I mean, I think always just sort of reminding yourself that you have to just always be assertive and and don't apologize for things that that you don't need to apologize for. Yeah. Yeah. And I I also think think part of this, sorry, Jen, I'll let you go in one second, but uh, leaning on your friends for this, you know, turning Mm -hmm. to your friends for that little added confidence booster to be like, no, you're a badass, go for it. And then you can like turn around and be like, I am a badass, I am gonna go for it because my friends think I'm amazing and I don't have to apologize for anything. Mm-hmm. You tell them. Yeah, I was just gonna echo pretty much what has already been said in the sense that I need to just be more cognizant of being confident and not apologizing for asking people for help when I need it when it comes Mm -hmm. to doing my job I love it and we're learning and growing and this is a continuing conversation and journey for us I am sure all right if everybody is all good I don't know if anybody had any final remarks they wanted to add speak now or forever hold your peace uh, don't say yes. Ra- okay, sorry, I'm not going to say Taylor Swift, but I just thought about that. That's a great. <laughs> we're sort of coming full circle. Bring it back to Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, full circle. Full circle. I love it. Yeah. 
Well, this was so fun. I'm glad we stuck with it for week two. Yeah. Thank you, everybody who has tuned in to listen to us. We were kind of all over the place with our topics. We went politics. We went Taylor Swift. We went all, everywhere. So I, mean, I, I think, think this is just we'll keep working on figuring come. out the structure. Yeah. I mean, it is a hint of what to come. That's the whole point is we're going to be all over the place. Um, but I'm so glad we got to catch up and check in with each other, guys. Can't wait to talk to you again next week. And we will see you all soon. Yeah, thanks, all guys. Right. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank Bye. you. Ciao. Bye.